0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, July the 23rd, 2023. It is currently 5.22 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And, well, it was a long, long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, that I told everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are about to begin the most important series I have ever done in the history of preaching or broadcasting we're going to begin a series on understanding law and gospel. And that was like October 2022. And then we started an epic journey. I really, I think it was an epic journey of like 80 plus hours of teaching on law and gospel. We covered so many things. There were twists. There were turns. We, we made some people happy. We made some people very unhappy. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Some people were like, wow, I didn't even know about this, but I agree. Other people like, I don't want to know about this. I disagree. And you are a heretic. You're an antinomian or whatever else may come. It's It's been all over the place with the responses, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We did 80 plus hours. And then I felt that Unfortunately, the entire series jumped the shark, and I almost gave up, but then I, I came up with an idea let's do law let's do law and gospel redo. In a sense, we'll kind of redo what we've done, but we'll use something clever, right? We'll use. Issues ETC, it's a Lutheran radio program. We'll use their radio program because they're currently under, or they're doing a series right now on the proper distinction between law and gospel. We'll go back to their first episode, use their first episode, and then the episodes after to kind of get us back to where we stopped. That will give everyone a refresher, a reminder. Repetition is a key to good learning. And then when we get back then we'll be okay. Now, remember, this entire series is based off a book, God's No and God's Yes, The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel, by C.F.W. Walther. All right? That's what we're basing on. There's a larger... There's a larger work someone has sent me an email with the larger work. I got to I got to I got to do I got to do some work on that and see how we can use that larger work. Uh we'll we'll find a way to benefit from it. I'm very grateful for that person who sent me the email. I'm very thankful for that. Uh we will use that. Oh, and that person who uh sent me that link. Thank you very 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 much. Uh they sent me a a check of $200. And they said, I can use it for anything and whatever I want to use it for. So I got that. Uh, I saw the check today. So thank you so very much. It uh, came at a perfect time. Very helpful, very beneficial. Thank you. I very ap- appreciate that. So we'll look we'll at the check in the bank and, and use it. But uh, so we'll use that larger work. But the the word, the work the book that I, I point everyone to, only because it's cheaper and it's usually easy to find, God's No and God's Yes, the Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel by CFW Walther. In this, he gives 25 theses on a proper distinction between law and gospel. We made it, I think, to thesis number 11 when everything jumped the shark and fell apart. So we're now we're using Issues ETC to get back to thesis number 11. But we're doing this in an interesting way, or at least I think an interesting way. Issues Etc. is a radio program. If you know how radio talk programs work, you know they break everything into these like small segments, like a 15 segment, like they'll, they'll, they come in with their introduction, do like a 15 minute segment, maybe 20 minutes, boom, go to commercials, come back. So what we're doing is we're only reviewing the audio in between the commercials for one episode. So we, like, we'll we do an episode and review maybe a 15-minute segment. That's it. We stop. Then the next time, we'll carry on the next part. We are challenging everyone. Go subscribe to the Issues ETC podcast. You can find all of their episodes on law and gospel. You can hear them then without any commentary, critique, or an analyst analysis from my part, and you can listen to everything they have to say uh, on your own. And there's other—they probably have done lots of programs on law and gospel. If you search their podcast archive, you probably will find who knows how many episodes, and you can listen to them all. Uh, they are a Lutheran program. Don't agree with everything, but I love Lutheran theology and the proper distinction between law and gospel. And— on uh, speaking of CFW Walther, right? And speaking of issues etc, because they're using the writings of CFW Walther as well. And one of their and uh, their the last audio we reviewed, they talked about a book called God Granted. Daily Devotions from CFW Walther. This book first was very expensive when you try to look for it, when you try very expensive. And I was like, there's just no way I'm going to get that. And someone in podcast land purchased it and had it delivered to my front door. And I am so great. Look, pod for a podcast to succeed. You need a team of people. You got to have people like they're going to help here. They're going to help here. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And that team of people, Make the podcast successful. So for everyone, for any contribution, thank you. But for this person, this was, wow, I'm blown away. So I've had it right here on my desk or I call it desk. This folding table, like there's nothing fancy going on here. This little folding table, um, I have it here. And I have it open and I keep opening it up every time I come up here to read something from it. We will be using it in, in some way, shape, or form for the podcast. Trust me. We will be using this. I have it marked. In fact, I was going to do a, a podcast today on this, but well, the, the last broadcast turned into a hour plus of counseling session for me, being able to talk through all of my deep-seated emotions of everything that happened today. But but I but now I feel better. Whew. Yeah, thank you for letting me lay down on your couch and listening to me for an hour. I feel so much better, but now I'm off the couch in front of the microphone. Let's do this. Let's do go. Let's go back to law and gospel. Sounds good. We're using a uh, part two of the Issues Etc. program on the proper distinction between law and gospel. They're using the writing of CFW Walther. Oh, and if you can find a copy of God Grant It by CFW Walther, just remember it's daily devotions. So sometimes law and gospel will appear here, but you know that's not all the thing he talks about. You're going to get a lot of Lutheran uh, theology throughout. But um, you know, if you can find a copy of it, great. But for the person who sent it to me, it's a beautiful book. It's beautiful. I love the cover. It's a beautiful book. So I, I'm very. I, all I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to the person who sent the check. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the people who do things to help us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you because that does encourage. It does. And it keeps us going. So thank you. All right. Now, with all of that said, I hope and to everyone else who's emailed me, you know, look, I'm so far behind on emails right now. If I haven't responded to you, please forgive me. It's been an absolutely crazy, crazy week. Wow. It's crazy. And then uh, tomorrow morning, remember, I told you my roof got destroyed and the roofers were supposed to come. And well, they never really were able to get here because we're having such extreme heat here in West Texas that it's caused major problems for the roofing companies trying to replace all the roofs from the damage of all the storms because that just the heat and things are not it's just not working. So they've had to delay and push back. But tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., 6 a.m. for crying out loud, I'm going to get a knock on my door and they're going to start boom, 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 pounding on my roof and uh they're going to they're going to push hard to try to finish the roof and maybe one day, maybe two days. They're supposed to do it my neighbor's house as well. So I was talking to him to today when I was checking the mail and uh he's like uh well, hopefully they get this all done. So we'll see. They're going to be here way early. So um, I'm going to be I'm hoping it goes well. I hope the roof gets repaired. The back porch. Now, nah, we we just Now we got to get the fence repaired. We got two parts of our wooden fence that have collapsed. Gone. They've fallen down. So we got to. That's. Do you know? I think for for me, I think the wooden fence industry is a sham. You you pay all the money to get these big wooden private fence, you know, private fence kind of put up, and the things just fall apart. Especially here in Texas with the intense heat and the storms. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to pay to get. I don't know what we're gonna do. I want to go burn the fence to the ground. Is what I want to do. But um, yeah, yeah, we go to replace it. Yeah, I'd have to start selling blood, plasma, and drugs. Okay, all right. So that's a different story. So, but all of that'll be a lot of that will be going on. So in the meantime, let's use the time we have available, and that is. God's No and God's Yes. Now, today, this is part two, they're going to go to thesis number two. They're covering one thesis in each broadcast. We took like hours for each thesis, but that's okay because, you know, we, we wanted to go in depth. But this is this is a redo. Remember, any you can go back to the beginning of this series and you can hear everything we've talked about. But here's thesis number two. Let me just go ahead and read it. Only he is an Orthodox teacher who not only presents all the articles of the faith. In accordance with Scripture, but also rightly distinguishes from each other the law and gospel. If you want to be an Orthodox teacher, if you want to know if you're in an Orthodox church, if you want to know you're listening to an Orthodox pastor who is teaching the truth, does he properly make a pro- does he give a proper distinction between law and gospel? Now, I know some of you are going to be like, "No, no." That's not a requirement to be an Orthodox teacher, and you can disagree. I think it's really—if you agree that the proper distinction between law and gospel is absolutely essential, then you should look for a church where the pastor properly gives a distinction between law and gospel. You're always going to find that? No. (laughs) It's that simple. You're not. You're not. And I believe it's it's even harder in the— Quote unquote non Catholic Protestant churches, Baptist churches, Bible churches, because the proper distinction between law and gospel has been so just abolished and it's just been so destroyed. It's just, it's imploded that really what people say is the gospel is really the law in disguise. And that's a sad, sad state of affairs. But we'll see how they're going to cover it. And we're going to do that right now. Remember, this is from Issues ETC, their radio program. This is them coming in at the beginning of the episode. I skipped all of their kind of uh, commercials at the beginning. So it's going to come in with some loud music. I'm going to reduce the volume. Then I'll increase it slowly. And then we're going to review this just until their first commercial break. So these episodes are a little shorter, so I went a little longer in my intro, but I wanted to just kind of cover and give you some idea of what's going on behind the scenes. Because if you don't hear from me for two or three days, it's because there's people on my roof. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Let's get started.
2: Christ himself describes the way to heaven as a narrow path, a path of pure doctrine is just as narrow. A pure doctrine is nothing less than a teaching on how to get to heaven. It's easy to lose your way when you're taking a narrow and rarely traveled path through a dense forest without intending to, but without being aware of it, you might take a wrong turn to the left or the right. It is just as easy to lose the narrow way of pure doctrine, which likewise is traveled by few people and leads through a dense forest of false teachings. That's C.F.W. Walther in the third evening lecture, as recorded in his book, The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. live on this Monday afternoon, May the 15th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to continue our series on Walther's Law and Gospel Theses. Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever will be our guest. In Hour 2, we'll be looking forward to Sunday morning. According to the three-year lectionary, the seventh Sunday of Easter, Pastor Sean Denzer, Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, will be here for that. Pastor Will Whedon is Assistant Pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois, formerly served as Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's author of the books Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands. And he hosts a daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Todd. I'm curious. We went through the first two evening lectures last time and concentrated on the first thesis, and I want to do a little review of that in a minute here. But then, Walter takes an entire evening— these were Friday nights, I believe right he takes an entire Friday night evening lecture and does little more than quote martin luther what's he doing there? Well, he actually is trying to introduce he's trying to get
0: to his topic, which is the next thesis that we 're going to be covering after. We, we consider this interlude, but it's just a really long intro and he gets caught up in these really great quotes from Luther that he thinks are so important for these young preachers to be sitting in front of him to actually take and ingest. And he warns, right, as you begin us today with this, this huge warning, you know, watch out guys, because the path of pure doctrine is as narrow as the path to salvation itself, And uh, he's going to have to deal with a whole bunch of false issues around the true doctrine, the pure doctrine. Sometimes that gets made fun of in his own day. It certainly is made fun of in our present time. I I happen to visit an internet board that is populated by people who seem to have one doctrine that they say is for sure, and that is that no doctrine is for sure. That's the one doctrine that they seem quite sure of. And any other one, they'll be happy to try to show you how it actually is not secure in God's word. And it's really funny when you watch some of our LCMS participants on that, just basically come back and say, well, here's what God's word said. So that kind of settles it for us. And what do you do with the stability of something built firmly on God's word when it doesn't go with what the Times really want to say about that particular topic. Well, you know, you can either go with the times, which are always changing, and end up with uh, being carried about, as St. Paul would say, by every wave and wind of doctrine, or you actually build your, you, you sink your foundations deeply into the Word of God, and you proclaim the truth which God has revealed there, and let the chips kind of fall where they may. Walter was definitely of that second type. And in that, he was sort of following what his uh, great teacher, Dr. Luther, had done. Now, granted, Walter's several hundred years after Luther, but he still studies the great doctor a lot. It's shown that that he he didn't just have a surface knowledge of Luther. He really tried to understand the man from the inside, from his own struggles. And that really shows in the third evening lecture where he
1: Okay, now this could be, I don't know where they're going to go. Remember when we review audio, I don't listen to it first. So we, we're always engaging this together in real time, which is, I think makes this always unique. This, this is not all rehearsed. This is me engaging this. I thought that we going to just go immediately to thesis number two. So if they're going to deal with an interlude where Walther spends a considerable amount of time with Luther, then this, forget, we may not even want to call this law and gospel redo. This is going to be like, oh, we're getting some new stuff here because uh, the person who's been guiding us in our study of law and gospel has been Walther himself. Now, if Walther is going to send us back to Luther, we're going to get kind of a Luther's perspective on law and gospel, which would be extremely fascinating. And if he's quoting from Luther, if he's quoting from Luther, I hope, I wish they would give us the source of these quotes. If they give us the source of these quotes, we need to be writing them down so that we can then go look up the quotes in their fuller context. One, it may be even more enlightening, more helpful, more beneficial, And two, we can just verify that they're accurate because I'm not saying that they're not, but I just like to always verify quotes when people give them about any of the church fathers or anyone in more modern times, Lutheran moving forward. But I'm saying if we go way back into early church uh, fathers, then we definitely want to verify. But um, let's – I'm, I'm, in, I'm hoping they go through this interlude where Walther, I guess, decided, hey, I'm going to read some of these. I, I prob-, and I know what Walther probably did. Hey, I'm going to get to thesis number two. But before we do so, I'm going to introduce tonight by reading some quotes from Luther. And then you get into the quotes of Luther. And you're like, this is so good. I'm just going to make this the rest of my sermon. But well, we did that with Jeremiah recently, Jeremiah 12, where I was going to read one quote from the Bible study guide that mentioned covenants. And next thing you know, we're off on a you know crazy study on, on the covenants, the new covenant and everything else about that. So so we'll see. I'm excited because this could be, this could add something significant to what we have done. May give us even more of a historical insight because before Walter, obviously Luther, before Luther, Melanchthon, like we could really go into showing, I, I like the further back we go and the more people showing this proper distinction between law and gospel, the more awesome it is. So I, I'm all for this. So I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm hoping they do so. Maybe, But even if they just go to uh, thesis number two, it will s- still be of great benefit for us. So let's see where they go.
0: Talks about the struggle of law and gospel in a person's conscience.
2: Last time we dealt with the first thesis, the doctrinal contents of all Holy Scripture, both of the Old and the New Testament, consist of two doctrines that differ fundamentally from each other. These two doctrines are law and gospel. With about a minute, how would you summarize what we've said so far?
0: Well, he's wanted to stress especially that we understand both law and gospel are divine teachings. They are both revealed from God. They are both important for salvation. They are both vital for a person's salvation. The law is going to be revealed in order to keep a person humble. It does so by showing you that you have not obeyed it. It holds a mirror up to your face. It shows you how you have been an active and continuous rebellion against God. Against that, the law, comes the gospel, which doesn't tell you what to do, but instead announces to you what Christ has done for you and bids you to believe it, to take it like a kind invitation to you, saying to, to a great feast, saying, sit down and eat. This is for you. I did this for you. That's going to also become clear, you're going to see why it's sort of this third evening lecture sort of reaches back to the first one and it reaches up into the uh, the next, the second thesis.
2: What does he say in the third evening lecture for which he brings Martin Luther in for some support?
0: Well, he is going to especially... Deal with getting into these young men's heads the idea that they really need to plant the pure wheat seed, as he calls it, of the kingdom, the pure doctrine of the kingdom. And he prays that God plants inside of them an absolute abhorrence for every kind of falsification of the truth God's revealed in his word. And then he begins by warning them. He says, You know, people today, young people today, especially, he said, Man, they love the beautiful language and style of an author more than the contents of his writing. And he says that is a dangerous tendency. You must always have a greater regard for the matter, the quid, than for the quamodo, the style, the manner. Ooh,
1: yeah. When it comes to preaching, what matters more to you? The style or the content? Do you have a style? You just want it nice and neat and a little package, three points, a little bow. Just, it feels like your typical sermon template. You love that. Or are you more worried about the content, digging in, doctrine, theology, challenge, question, digging into the scripture, trying to figure it out? What, what do you worry most about? The, the, the style or the content? Do you judge preaching based on style or content? If you are judging preaching by style, i don't know what to say you've missed the plot you've missed you've lost it you've lost the plot it's the content now do are we not are we impacted by style of course we are of course we are but you when it comes to preaching and te- when it comes to preaching and teaching of scripture and theology it's the content it's the content and that content especially needs to be a proper distinction between law and gospel clearly has to be there. All right, but let's continue.
0: ...of how something is said. So in this regard, he says, look, the law has to be preached in all its severity, but the hearers have to get this impression. This sermon will help those still secure in their sins towards salvation. And whenever the gospel is preached, this is the impression the hearers are to receive. This sermon applies only to those who have been smitten by the law and are in need of comfort. And to show this, he turns to uh, words where Luther is commenting on uh, John 7, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Can we just give some of this extensive Luther quote? Because, I mean, Walter thought it was worth hearing, and frankly, I do too. Sure. These are the two subjects on which we preach. The law produces thirst. It leads the hearer to hell, and it slays him. The gospel, however, refreshes him and leads him to heaven. The law tells us what we are to do and charges us with not having done it, no matter how holy we are. Thus, the law makes me uncertain. It chases me about and makes me thirsty. The law says thou shalt not kill. Its whole urging is directed towards what I am to do. It says, thou shalt love God with all thy heart, and thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt not commit adultery, not swear, and not steal. And then it speaks out thus, see that you have lived or are now living according to what I command you. When you have reached that point, you will find that you do not love God with your whole heart as you should, and you will be forced to confess, oh, my God, I have not done what I should. I have not kept the law. For neither did I love thee from my heart today, nor am I going to do it tomorrow. I make the same confession year after year that I failed to do this or that. There seems to be no end to this confessing my trespass. When will there be an end of this? When shall I find rest for my soul and be fully assured of divine grace? You will ever be in doubt. Tomorrow you will repeat your confession of today. The general confession will always apply to you. Now, where will your conscience find rest and a foothold? Because you assuredly know how God is disposed toward you. Your heart cannot tell you, even though you may be doing good works to the limit of your ability. For the law remains in force with its injunction, Thou shalt love God and man with your whole heart. You say, I'm not doing it. And the law replies, You must do it. Thus, the law puts me in anguish. I have to become thirsty, feel a terror, tremble, and exclaim, how am I to act in order that God may lift up his gracious countenance upon me? I am to obtain the grace of God, but on condition that I keep the Ten Commandments, that I have good works and many merits to show, but that will never happen. I am not keeping the Ten Commandments, therefore no grace is extended to me. The result is that man can find no rest trusting in his good works. He would be glad to have a good conscience. He yearns for a good, cheerful, peaceful conscience and for real comfort. He thirsts for contentment. That is the thirst of which Jesus speaks. It lasts until Christ comes and asks, Would you like to be at ease? Would you like to have rest and a good conscience? I advise you to come to me. Dismiss Moses and no longer think of your own works. Distinguish between me and Moses. For Moses, you have the thirst which you are suffering. He's done his part for you. He's discharged his office to you. He's put you in anguish and made you thirsty. Now try me. Come to me. Believe in me. Listen to my teaching. I'm a different teacher. I will give you to drink and refresh you. Now, I have to tell wow, that
1: we that quote. We need to find that quote. Wow, that's uh, Martin Luther commenting on, I think, John chapter seven. We need that quote. You may need to get that quote, type it up, print it out, put it on your refrigerator, put it inside your Bible, carry it with you, get it tattooed on your body. Okay, maybe that's a little extreme. Okay, okay, do whatever you have to do. Find that quote. We need whoever can find that quote and email it to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully there's a bunch of you who'll send it to me. We need to find that quote. Wow, that was powerful, 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 powerful. And Luther is right. It doesn't matter how many times you confess it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how hard you want to do so. You're never going to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You're never going to love your neighbor as yourself. You're never going to be holy as God is holy. God doesn't just call you to try. God doesn't just call you to go in the right direction. It's not. God doesn't just call you. It's not perfection, but direction. No, God calls you to perfect. Perfection. The law demands it. The law screams it. The law makes no, he doesn't, the law does not grade on a curve. So when you are broken and you should feel that thirst, as he said, it should dra- drag you to hell and slay you. When you are that broken, then, then finally, Christ is the one who will give you drink Christ is the one who will satisfy it, but not because of what any, not because of what you will do, not because of making you able to do it. He does it because Christ took care of it for you. He gives you the drink. He satisfies all of God's demands for you. So you rest perfectly in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And as soon as I say that, there's someone probably listening who will say, but, 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 but you have to do this and immediately want to run back to the law. Go back to the law, look to the law, look to your behavior. If you're even remotely honest with yourself, you're going to find yourself thirsty, broken, discouraged, and despair because all you're going to do in your trying is fail over and over Again, Christ will give you rest. Christ will give you peace. Christ will give you uh, take care of your thirst, so that you will never thirst or hungry again. Hunger again, because He took care of all of it for you. Rest in Him. That is a powerful Luther quote. We need more of it.
0: Tell oh, you. Yeah. When I was getting ready to go away to uh, college, Todd, my home pastor, Dr. George Labine, he uh, gave me a co- his copy of Dal's book here, of uh, the translation of Walter's Law and Gospel. And he told me I really needed to read it and understand it. He said, that's the most important thing that you will have coming into your studying for the office of the Holy Ministry. You need to know your Walter on this. And it wasn't until I read this book that I began to understand this weirdest thing that happened to me when I went to church. Have you ever had this when you were, I mean, especially as a teenager, right? You know, as a, go to church and I can be feeling pretty good about myself and I'd walk out feeling squashed. (laughs) And then there are times I come feeling just absolutely horrific, squashed, knowing I'd been a failure, knowing that week was horrible. And I'd walk out floating on the air. What gives? What's the difference? Well, Dr. George Lobine read his Walter, who had read his Luther, and as a result... He knew how to use the law and the gospel, the law to humble pride of heart to save us and the gospel to lift us up and comfort and restore us. And he did that so very well that it didn't seem to matter which way I came. I knew that I would be living the opposite way. All
1: I know is this. After all of my years of preaching, after all of my years of teaching podcasting, all I hope is that whatever time I have left, either in front of a microphone or behind a pulpit, I hope I can find a way to truly become someone who can properly distinguish between law and gospel. That's all I hope. I hope I'm someone who can properly distinguish it, not only for me, but for everyone else. I cannot even express to you how important I think that is, at this point in my life, because I believe I have missed it most of my life.
0: So Walter specifically adds, he says, look, a person who has not been put through this experience is a sound without meaning, a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. But a preacher who has personally passed through this experience can really speak from the heart. And what he says will go into the hearts of his hearers.
1: Now, all I can say to Luther at that point is I have gone through the experience thinking I could do it, believing I could do it, trying to convince everyone else if we didn't do it, then we weren't really saved. I I went through that experience only to realize over and over and over, I keep sinning and I keep failing and I keep sinning and I keep failing. So then I had to come to a couple of conclusions. Either the whole thing is not true or go, I need to be reminded of that stuff I heard when I was a Lutheran, but it never really registered with me. There is a proper distinction between law and gospel. And I didn't remember because for some weird reason, I know that I st- we studied it multiple times, but it still never truly registered with me. Salvation is based off an imputed righteousness, not an infused righteousness. It really wasn't till, Luther- till going to school at a Catholic university where I really began to register why am I basically teaching a Catholic gospel of an infused righteousness when I'm supposed to be teaching one of an imputed righteousness? Because even though I say I teach an imputed righteousness, I'm turning it into really an infused righteousness based off what we do and what we, we hope to do and will do that really determines if I'm saved, I'm not saved, meaning my salvation is not really dependent upon an imputed righteousness in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So I, I hope. That somehow, because I've gone through all of this, I will be able one day to speak in a way that will really register with people. I'm a million miles from that, and whatever time I have left, I just want to get closer to it.
0: And he says it's a mere accident. When he says someone who is awakened from sin and converted is done so by a preacher who himself is unconverted, he says that's just an accident. That's not the way it normally happens. So when a pastor is preparing to preach, he says, you know, you need to draw up a strategic plan in order to win your hearers for the kingdom of God. And he says, if you don't do that, your hearers are going to listen to your sermon and they may walk out saying, Oh man, that was really nice. That was beautiful, but they'll leave with an empty heart. He says, You, you don't want that to happen. He'll he'll go back to, to more from from Dr. Luther on that distinction.
2: Well, let's take a break and uh, we'll kind of wrap that up when we come back and then get into the fourth evening lecture and the second theses. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. It's part two of our series on CFW Walther's Law and Gospel Theses. And
1: there we'll have to stop it because they go to their commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm grabbing my pencil. I'm grabbing my pencil. I'm going to write down of, let's see minus 41 24 is where we're stopping. 4124. Now I'll have to fast forward it from there. okay? First break long gospel. All right we will uh, we will in our next episode, Move that. Today what we want to do is find that Luther quote. That's what we want to do. Someone needs to find that Luther quote because that is beautiful and powerful and you need to read it over and over and over and over. If we find it, I will be the first to let you know, okay? If we can find we'll we'll find some way to get it to you. Uh, uh I know this. Keep checking theologycentral.net, theologycentral.net. If I find it, I will uh Put it on the blog, uh, the TheologyCentral.net. Go to TheologyCentral.net to the blog section, and I will uh, put it there. I'll, I'll try to get it there. That'll be an easy place to do so, and uh, and then we'll find other ways to share it later on. So there you have it. Wow. Proper distinction between law and gospel. If you're even remotely honest with yourself in the law, you'll know You're doomed, and you still are doomed, and the confession you make today, you're going to have to make tomorrow because you're going to continue to sin. And your only hope is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You have to drink of that, eat of that, and be satisfied because God took care of everything for you in Christ Jesus. All sins are forgiven, and everything is finished. All your sins have been paid for and you're covered in a perfect righteousness. Rest in that. Rejoice in that. And let this, let the law still do its work, still convict you, still break you, still humble you, still frighten you. But then you run to Christ for that comfort in the finished work of Jesus Christ. All right, thanks for listening. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. May you spend this evening meditating on the truths that we just shared and continue to try you yourself to master the proper distinction between law and gospel and a church in America where the law and gospel distinction has been obliterated. And a gospel of law is posing as masquerading as a law, as a gospel of grace. Thanks for listening. God bless.